0: Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. You know Romans twelve twenty one says do not over do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow, what a verse for today! What a verse for every day. We're going to talk about that uh, verse. If we don't love, we don't. We won't last, and we need to overcome offenses in the church. My guests today are John and Pam Bloom. John, of course, is the co-founder of DesiringGod.org. And if you go to DesiringGod.org and type in his name, 72,000 articles will come up. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> and you can- that is not true. Well, that's not true, but it, it, you've written a lot. And I, you are an exceptionally gifted writer. Well, thank you. You really thank are. I love your work. So I'm always delighted to have you here in studio. And uh, Pam, always nice as well to see you and John. And here we're off on a topic that is going to be uh, a, kind of a delicate one, right? It is. Because the love part is can be a little tricky at times, right? Well, here's—I'll
1: just throw this out to you. Love is what everybody, every Christian, um, and most non-Christians would affirm— is you know what's most needed? It's you know the the chief of the virtues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Beatles saying all we need to lo- is love. Like, right. so, I mean, so it's it's one of those things that especially when it comes to Jesus and and the and you know the the apostles, um, their instructions to love everybody affirms like yes, yes, we should love. But but the, but the love commands of the New Testament, I would say, are the hardest to obey. So they're the, they're the ones that we all think are great, that we love the sound of them when, when we talk about them abstractly. Mm-hmm. But whenever we have to step into um, a situation, a relationship generally, or whatever, where we are called to exercise the kind of love that the New Testament puts forward, it is uh, often experienced to us as, a, as dying to ourselves. It is the, it is the hardest command, I think to obey.
2: So as we were on our way here, we were saying we we are n- not at all <laughs> yeah. like equipped or experts in this. We are coming to discuss it because we are <laughs> still learning this and we were convicted as we were preparing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Scripture tells us to stir one another up to love and good works. That's really what we're trying to do here. We all have to exhort one another and to help each other remember how important this is because it is really, really
0: hard when push comes to shove. Mm-hmm. All right, I know this is going to be an article that's going to be, going to be coming out in uh, org. I think, uh, next week? Next week, yeah. Next week, yeah. So let's get a nice sneak preview of this.
1: Okay, so, so um, I titled the, the, the article, If We Don't Love, We Won't Last. Mm-hmm. And I'm really—I mean, that's true whether we're talking about individuals or we're talking about in the church. But I, I have in mind— churches mainly like like we as a co- worshiping community as a local church um that if we don't love one another we're not going to last as a church and um and so the the text that you read the op- is the is kind of is the sort of the thematic verse that i put on on this article do do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good that's romans twelve twenty one. And so Paul, he's writing this to the Christians in Rome, it would have been a relatively small church or maybe a couple of churches there. And um, when he wrote these words, you know, these are, it's easy, we, we can be so familiar with them that we get used to them, we kind of gloss over them. we He wasn't writing this just to impart some sage advice. He wasn't just trying to give them a platitude, you know, some sort of aspirational thing to to shoot for. These words from Paul came stained with um, blood and tears—literal blood and tears—in Paul's case. What it cost him to love uh, is we, when we read about it in Second um, Corinthians eleven and twelve, it was immense. It was incredible what this man did in, in the, the carrying out of the love commands. Um, it was so. It's literal blood and tears. And it was also very spiritual. It was he was stepping into spiritual trench warfare. And so he's telling the saints in Rome how to stay alive in an evil world, how to stay a church, how to stay together. And if churches don't overcome evil with good, they're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. And so um, so there's Paul. And I'm writing this just out of some personal experience in, in grief. Um I have a I have a number of churches that are dear to me in mind, that are going through various kinds of difficulties, um, where there's been fractures, relational fractures. Um, some in in some cases, uh, the churches have you know split or significantly broken apart or whatever. And um, and you know I say this be, you know not not to not because I'm I'm trying to create interest in what's going on in those churches. This is if you' if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this happens. This is not uncommon and uh and so I'm carrying some of these on our on my heart and the one of the reasons is um because the these the, the breakups that I have in mind didn't primarily happen because there were significant doctrinal disagreements it happened because there was gross immorality that happened in the church um but offenses offenses were given. And offenses were taken, so longtime friends, um, people who'd been worshiping together and ministering together and reaching out together, lost trust in each other
0: and and could no longer fellowship together China's and Pam, is this another way of saying my ego my ego got snubbed? when we talk about offenses? yeah, i mean it's
1: it's complicated I you know. know.
0: I mean, so I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's easy to to put it in that category, and 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 if that happens. We all we all easily get snubbed and <laughs> get and take offense. So we just need to say this happens really easily. But but also, I don't want to trivialize it because there 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 can be real issues, real kinds of betrayals that happen in relationships, um, the kinds of things that break trust down. I like they're not not necessarily trivial. They they can be difficult to uh, to deal with, and they can be complicated and and almost always there's this, you know one party is uh, bears more responsibility than than another party. It's just that that the heartbreaking result ends up being that 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 once vibrant friendships or a once vibrant church ruptures, and um, and so <laughs> we. We just want to talk about what it means here. Like because what we're called to as Christians is a kind of love that is frankly out of this world. Jesus says in John 13:35, "They will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another." Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. by the way. And and what is that way? he basically answers it in John 15, 13. And he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. And he says, "Um, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. And all we need to do is stop and think about what that means. When we were sinners... Christ died for us, and so we we just want to take a deep breath and and hold. Like we all have difficult relationships, um, and and probably past ruptured ones. And here's what we want to say: is we're not we're not. Everyone needs to discern for themselves what it means, because there are real abusive situations. We all know there's real abuse that takes place. We are not talking about, you know, forbearing against you know abusive sexual uh, things that are happening or or there can be um, kinds of leaders leadership abuses that where you you just need to step out. Those things happen. but we are, it is just hard to be sinful humans and get along. Period. We have to take these love commands and hold them up, and ask ourselves: Are we loving like Jesus loved? Is am I I loving in such a way that it would be remarkable, meaning others would remark about it because because of the way I love somebody else? Because that's how we people will know that we are Jesus' disciples.
0: Great start. We're going to take a little break. We're going to continue our discussion with John and Pam Bloom as we're talking about loving. And that's uh, going to be a great topic of discussion. If you have a comment or a question you'd like to ask, 877-933-2484. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We'll be right back. John and Pam Bloom, we're talking about love, so biblical love. And if we don't love, we won't last. Overcoming offenses in the church—that's the topic today. If you just join us, we're so glad you're with us. And Pam, you had a comment uh, right before we went to break that uh, I'd like you to say now.
2: Yeah, I was. We we're talking about the context of the church, but I think it's broader than that. So as listeners are are with us and gleaning from it. Um, even if you're local church, you can't identify a situation in your experience or in a church that you know of, each of us have relationships with friends and family where there's a break, where it's fragile, and we have an opportunity to look at our contribution and where these scenarios might be. I think I used combustible, but they're just, there's potential for it to go sour and for us to part ways and that we want to resist that. And so even though we're talking about the church, it is broader than that. And so even even if our churches aren't meeting now, we might be thinking, I would just be happy to be with some people and I don't think we're going to have conflict. I just would be happy to be together. Well, it may be that way for a while, but it it's it's going to be difficult to keep relating in the climate that we're in and the things that we've all experienced this year. And we might be a little rusty in how do we look outside of ourselves to look to others? So that's where we want to encourage one another. Hmm.
0: Nicely said. All right, John, what, where do we pick up? Well, here's what, here's
1: what I'd like to put out there. I think that um and and i want I want listeners to weigh this in their own lives, just like Pam and I are weighing this i don't I think most relational breakdowns don't need to happen or they don't need to be permanent, okay now sometimes things happen that are extremely serious and but the Bible does not give us much permission. To not forgive and not to seek reconciliation it just it just does not i'm nodding yes, and so um what we what we want to do is encourage each other to love with what I call aggressive grace um, because <clears throat> I think we've uh, it, we have to be um willing to go on the on the loving offensive in order to overcome barriers that so easily rise up be- between people and between factions and um we're talking about a level of endurance and forbearance that is um simply uh difficult to you know to, to difficult to do. I mean, it's, it's difficult to forbear, to be patient. But love, the kind of New Testament love, the sal- sacrificial uh, agape love that we talk about in the New Testament, it calls for all of that. Because when you, when we think about 1 Corinthians 13, about love, we, we love the, you know, it tends to be said at weddings, and, and that's that's a great forum in which to, to talk about 1 Corinthians 13, but it's um, Paul wasn't talking about it in terms of, of a wedding, but he says love is patient. How how much do you, do you struggle with patience? You're looking at me? Because you can look at Pam, too. Yeah. Or you can look at Rosie. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> um, Pam is one of the most patient people I know. I, I believe that. Um, I I am painfully <laughs> given to impatience. Mm-hmm. And so love is patient. So right away, the very first thing that love is, that Paul says love is in 1 Corinthians 13, is really hard. Love is kind. Okay, now Paul's not necessarily talking about being kind when it's easy to be kind. Right. Love is kind when you don't want to be kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. And boasting can come in all kinds of ways. Basically, it's just painting yourself, you know, you just, you you can use social media to boast without words. You can paint yourself in a more positive light than you know you ought to. That's really honest. Love is not arrogant. So love doesn't just, you know, believe our view It just happens to be absolutely right. Love is not rude. It does not insist on our own way. Love is not irritable. There's another convicting thing. Love does, is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. And then, and then he just smacks us all. Love bears all things. Oh. Ooh, that's a toughie. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. Oh. Now, if we don't feel like a failure there, we're probably not being real, we're probably not being introspective enough and reflective enough about about love and, and, um, you know, maybe it's just me, but I look around and see this kind of love is not common even in the church. I just, it's just, we just need to face up. Our, this is, this is what we're called to. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is this is the kind of love that shows Jesus to the world. It's and, and we need to we need to press into this kind of love, and we say we know. Like we, when you talk about, like we know we know that love is is so important. It's the king of all the affections, um, and uh, and uh, we know that God is love. We, there's all sorts of things we know about love it's it's it, it, we we talk about it as being you know love has incomparable power and uh and God's love is what you know overcame the world and and uh and that there's nothing more godlike or probably gives god more glory and delight than love it is his highest com- his highest command you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It is the sum. We know these things, but Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. That's John thirteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So knowing isn't enough. We need to do them. And if we don't, the reality is we can wreak great damage in our churches.
2: So you talked about aggressive grace and that love is an action. And what we also want to emphasize is like the, the most powerful expression of love is God's love toward us in Jesus and the warfare that he initiated on our behalf. That his love, like we want to be called to love and look at how can we love But we can only love because he did, and it's his ultimate power. We're not duplicating what he did ultimately against evil and to rescue us. So this is the beauty and our, our inspiration to love. And we can go from there to, now how can we express that in his name? And there's nothing more beautiful or more profoundly meaningful or more joy-producing than that human experience of love in his name. And there's nothing more offensive or violent or destructive to the forces of darkness than love.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, love is very transformational.
1: It is. And and what you just said there, Pam, is super important for us to understand is, we, you know, when we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, uh, different people have different idea, understandings of what that that is. If you want to if you want to wage the most effective spiritual warfare you will love seek to love one another as Jesus loved us now, and Pam is right' it's, we don't love each other with an atoning love when Jesus says greater love is no one than this that someone lays down his life for his friends he's he's got the greatest love he expresses the greatest love that any of us will ever have he's supreme he's he's god his his love can pay for sin
0: how do we get the theory of love out of our head and into the acting of love the doing of love um here's how it happens it
1: comes in opportunities that look hard okay so so there is, in all honesty, no lack of opportunity to actually concretely express this love. It's just that it comes often in ways that are, is not how we envision it. So when we, we read these wonderful love one another texts, we, uh, you know, we can have different ideas in our minds what that looks like. We can, we can imagine doing that. But, you know, the, the actual real scenarios are never as romantic as they are in our head. <laughs> that's so true it just doesn't it doesn't happen romantically it's it happens true. it it happens in inconvenient times with people that you don't particularly want to love at that moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's the way it looks and so it, it comes like we we often don't recognize it you know um and uh and it comes in 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 sometimes very painful packages that we would never choose mm mm-hmm. And so that's I mean that would be my my answer is is um we have to get it out of theory but these these commands are given to us because we're going to face that all the time and um and the opportunities come and what we want to do is learn to recognize them and embrace them
0: mm-hmm Great start. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. You can go to desiringgod.org and type in John Bloom, and you'll see a lot of his writings. And he uh, is coming out with an article that we're talking about today on the 21st about what love looks like. Enjoying this time. We'll be back in just a minute. <clears throat> in the world, and if we don't love, we won't last, and overcoming offenses in the church is the title of an article coming up by John um, Bloom, who's here with his wife Pam in studio. He is over at desiringgod.org. Romans twelve twenty one says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We've got some marching orders here from God's Word, and I think we're going to try to look at some verses in Romans now, what love looks like. So just before the break, you had asked me the
1: question, you know, what does love look like um, when you take it out of theory and you put it into practice? Um, And of course, the the Bible tells us that in many different ways. But Romans 12 is, God has a list. The whole thing, the whole chapter is about loving one another in the ways that we've been talking about. And so... um, so we, let's just go through some of these these texts from Romans 12, where Paul says things like, Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Love one another with brotherly affection. Now, why does Paul feel the need to
0: say that? Good question. It's because we have a tendency to not feel genuine about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like and- I said during the break, sometimes I feel like a phony. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think you should just ask the question so so everybody can hear. Well, my question was: when you try to put love into action, and there's something inside your spirit that says this kind of annoys me, but I want to do it because I want to be loving. Yet I'm feeling a little annoyed. It makes me feel like a phony. And and that is
1: what everybody feels like. Okay, so like that's 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 really important to to just air out because um, all we have to do is think about almost in every area of life, not just the issue of love. If you're you're going to exercise, how often do you feel like exercising, you know, or, or practicing, you know, the piano or you just like all, there's all sorts of things where that we need to, to do um, and not allow our, feelings to uh to dictate love is obviously one of those things and it's going to often be the case where in the moment we feel i don't want to do this i don't want to respond to this i don't want to forgive you know that's why that's why when jesus is saying uh challenging the disciples you know about forgiveness the kind of love that is expressed in forgiveness and peter says, well how many times do i need to forgive somebody you know seven times i mean like they're trying to get their hands around okay so how many times like, do i need to do this and he basically's you know his G- jesus is, well 70 times 7 In other words like there is no i'm not going to put a number limit on it for you um and and we have to exercise love love lo- for love to be genuine doesn't necessarily mean that you are genuinely feeling the all of the you know like what it feels like to love you feel all those affections um, you genuinely want to love, and you genuinely wish to obey what Jesus says, and you and you s- stir up your heart to seek somebody else's good genuinely. And your emotions need to f- will follow later. Usually, it's almost always the case. Mm-hmm. And so, let love be genuine. Let it be genuine, but don't wait till you have to feel what some sort of subjective sense of what genuineness is. Blessed are you if you do it, Jesus said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Blessed are you if you do it. You know these things. Do it. And so, uh, same with love one another with brotherly affection.
2: So these are things we are aspiring to and we're admitting as we do them. This is imperfect. And and there's an element even of being accused as you do it. Like, well, you're doing that with mixed motives. You're doing this so you look good or to, it's going to benefit you or you, your whole heart isn't in that. Like we brush off that accusation and say, <laughs> okay, that might be, that's true. I am, I admit that and I'm going to grow in love. I'm going to do this anyway and aspire to that's right. more purity, more genuine love.
1: And we just need to face the fact we have indwelling sin. We, we will be nothing but mixed bags until... We are with Jesus. Yeah. We're going to be mixed bags. Okay. Okay. So, um, n- another command: outdo one another in showing honor. Romans twelve ten. Romans twelve ten. Outdo one another in showing honor. When I, I, have you have you ever been in a situation where that's the case? I mean, just to, just think about it. I'm not asking you to answer. I'm just saying. Um, I think that's a rare. Environment, I can think of times when I've been in that, but it's not like normal. I would, so, but note a couple things about this. Paul is is saying, you know, is a is encouraging us to be ag- aggressive, even almost even competitive. Now, he's obviously not meaning selfishly competitive, but he just what he's saying is be aggressive in the in the way that you love one another like like as if you were trying to outdo be proactive maybe yeah, yeah. step into it you know like like um go for it yeah and uh, wow what a, what a foretaste of heaven that would be to be around people who were who are showing such honor to each other such deference that it it's almost like you know it's almost like you're outdoing one another or
0: fussing over each other a little bit
1: weep with those who weep mhm and rejoice with those who rejoice, Romans 12, 15. Why does, he, why does Paul feel the need to to encourage us to do that? It's because we often do not feel like rejoicing when somebody's rejoicing. Love does not envy, says in 1 Corinthians 13. Well, somebody else does really well and there's a great, and you're not doing so well and things aren't going so well for you. You know, we can easily feel like, well, good for you. And, um, and, and he's saying rejoice with them. Weep with those who weep. That's hard too. Um, it's, that's demanding of us. Never be wise in your own sight, Romans twelve sixteen. <laughs> this is an act of love. <laughs> and we are, can be spring-wired. I am. To be wise in my—I just, just assume my perspective is right. I just, like—and, while you know, we all have to have a perspective, and, and that's okay. We are—love is not arrogant, we said in First Corinthians 13. That means do, don't be wise in your own eyes. You might be wrong because we're wrong a lot. It's good for us to be careful and humble. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. That's Romans twelve seventeen. Repay no one evil for evil. Now, that's there's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, like everybody agrees, nods your head. Until somebody does something to you. you, all they have to do, a stranger can cut you off in traffic, and what do you want to do? You're like, you know, just like, you just, and, and that's <laughs> about as small of an offense as can mm-hmm. happen. Um, what about when somebody actually does evil to you? says something about you, gossips about you, slanders you perhaps. Um, don't repay evil for evil, but do what's honorable in the sight of all. So that there's a, that's treating somebody else who's just been evil to you with with a kind of dignity and honor. Even in the way that you handle that. It. it doesn't mean that you're sweeping it under the rug. Some things need to be brought out and you know, and confronted, but you do it in a way that is honorable and shows dignity in a way that that person doesn't deserve at the time. And wouldn't it be, how how much, when when we've been done evil to somebody else, if you can think about times when somebody treated you with grace and didn't treat you the way you did, and what a kindness that was.
2: I would like to take an opportunity to honor you, John, because I see you do that when you have been wronged when you've been misunderstood or someone talks about you i've learned from you where you could go back and try to repair a situation and set the record straight clarify what you really did or defend yourself and you've you've let it be you've you've taken opportunity where you can to make peace but where someone's offended I've seen you be caring and compassionate for them more than trying to restore your own esteem. Thank so. you. And it, it takes, this is a kind of aggressive love that does take perseverance and um, it's slaying selfishness. It, that really stuck with me when we were talking about Thinking that we are right in our own eyes, I like my perspective, and I tend to assume that that people are going to feel loved by me, and and they aren't necessarily unless I'm being intentional about it. I can't assume that they're receiving my care if I'm not doing anything just because it's in my head in my heart. It it does. This has been challenging for me to th- think where. Will I take time to be strategic and think who can I love? To listen to the Spirit, God, who are you, who do you want to love and do it through me, and and not assume that people already know.
1: That's good. That's good. And so we're um, let's just do uh, one more Romans twelve eighteen if possible. So let this land on you. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably
0: with all. Say more about this first. This this is a big one. Yeah. So so the first question is okay.
1: How far is so far? So far as it depends on you, right? Mm-hmm. And then the first thing we want to know is like, okay, well, exactly, how, what's what's so far? Right. Right. I'm not going to be anybody's doormat, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the way we. Um, and it's just interesting that that. The love that New Testament love, the love of Jesus is not a doormat. it is a willing to die for the good of somebody else in big and small ways that's what it is so when jesus Jesus you know in in a Sermon on the Mount you know he said things like um in, you know, love your enemies. What about you know? Pray for those who despitefully use you. Um, if somebody demands your coat, you know, give them your cloak also. If somebody forces you to go a mile, go go an additional mile. It, like all, and we're like, now, does that, does that sound like a doormat? It does, doesn't it? It does, and that's exactly what Jesus did for us. But wow. what we when there's a difference between a kind of um, subservience that is about like oh, I just don't want to offend people, you know, like like there's a, there's a way to kind of be subservient that makes it look like you're you're doing this, but it's really you're you're, you're hiding and cowering and, and whatever. Um, this is a this this is a kind of a bold sort of thing where you're not you're not. Willing to, it's not that you're not telling the truth. You're speaking the truth in love, but you are you are willing to to some degree, some appropriate degree, some so far degree, be taken advantage of because you care more about the outcome of somebody else's life and faith than you do about your own justification.
0: Yeah, that's an important point,
1: and that's what and that's what makes it different. And people know the difference. They know when you are treating them in the way that, that they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. They know the difference. And um and so as if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably at all, well that means you we have to pursue reconciliation and ruptured relationships when we don't want to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that usually requires us going further than we would naturally wish to go. Yes. Almost invariably It means going farther than we would want to go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. We'll take a little break when we come back with John and Pam Bloom. We're going to continue our discussion. If you just joined us, we're so glad you did. But we are chatting about uh, love. If we don't love, we won't last. Overcoming offenses. We'll be right back. I'm back with the blooms. Carolyn just texted in and said, love, aggressive grace. That was a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're going through the 12th chapter of Romans, we are getting towards the end when Paul ends that chapter with how we opened the show today. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
1: Overcome evil with good. What that means is evil is presenting a challenge, right? So we're using we're using um, Paul is using uh, you can call it warlike or battle like or uh, just adversity language where we're overcome. All right, something is coming against you, and it and there's and it's overcoming good. Here's the thing, love and good, as Paul says it here, good looks meek and lowly, and evil looks powerful and assertive and dominant, and it takes faith to believe that love actually is a greater force than evil and when it's exercised we see it we see it in the cross we have we watch you can you can point to some of your christian heroes who exercised great love in the face of great evil um, we have great admiration for you know Martin Luther King and the and and folks who endured such terrible evil, dominant evil, did not did not return evil for evil, mm-hmm. and it changed. Now, you know whether you, regardless of what people might think about about Martin Luther King and, and you know personally, and you know the 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 principle was at work. It what the the nonviolent response to to violent evil changed mm-hmm. the heart of a nation. And so, we—it is a greater force, and we—we uh, we need to become aggressive in our pursuit of grace, in our exercise of graciousness towards each other. It's this is this is aggressive language. Overcome evil with good, and—and um, and the kind of good that—that that requires forbearance and endurance. You know, it may not overcome it the first time, not the second time, not the third time. It may, it may take. I, who knows? Depending on the situation, it may take years. But love, love is what breaks barriers down more than anything else. And hatred and evil builds it up. You return evil for evil, and now you have a terrible rupture. And so, I just want to want to encourage us, like. And again like like Pam said at the beginning <laughs> it, you know we we can talk like this I don't claim to be the you know the model of this I'm leaning into it but let us seek to overcome evil with good and not because if we don't we will be we will be overcome by evil our churches will become
0: overcome by evil go ahead Pam
2: so we we brought this up in the context of the church, knowing that the world, our communities, our family, our children are watching. What is different about the followers of Jesus? How are they, how do they live? Are we known by our love? And we know the demonic forces are aiming their fiery darts strategically at us and giving us temptation to go. Here's another way. It doesn't look like love. It looks like defending yourself. It looks like taking offense. And we want to be wise to those schemes and not be victims of that strategy. The demise of the church is often an internal conflict rather than external persecution, though I think when persecution comes, there will be tools of love that will look like why, if you're persecuted, why are you treating your enemies like this with love? But we we just we care about the church. And we want to see us built up and not torn apart or tearing each other apart, and that we would love one another with this aggressive love and and take the things that we know and actually do them.
0: Yeah. One of the big takeaways on this is coming for me out of Romans twelve sixteen. never be wise in your own sight. And that, of course, is the problem of a lot of relational conflicts. And it may be at the source of so much problems on social media and online with people thinking that they're sitting in their basement behind their keyboard like they're the smartest person in the world. Yeah. And no one's listening to each other anymore. We're not really having conversations. We're just spewing. Mm-hmm. Love is
1: slow to speak and slow to become angry um and quick to hear and i think one of the most loving things christians can do is not say things on social media not to spout out your opinion as if as if it's really going to be changing things you know like i think so much energy gets put into that um Tons of energy gets put into to asserting and defending positions that change nothing when, when the, there are opportunities that require more from us than, than our opinions are right in front of us, but they're costlier. And so I just think that um, there is a time to speak. There is a time to say things. There's a time not to be silent. Absolutely, but let us be careful. Um, we have a terrible thing, you know, happening. Has happened in Minneapolis, another another death of a young man. The hands of police. Complex, terrible, tragic, and I just think. One of the great ways, Christian, one of the great acts of Christian love can be, or one, you know, it may. Maybe the 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 most practical way people can love who know about this and are observing is to not speak about them, mainly because mainly by what they have just seen in the media. And if you're close enough, think about what practical thing you can do to actually express love, to do it. If you know these things, blessed are you if you say them necessarily. Blessed are you if you
0: do them. Very well said. And it's a a great reminder that we all need to get back and study these passages and be reminded of what God calls us to do. And it really is a very simple command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think this has been a great hour to look at these passages and look at our hearts to say, how are we doing on that? And to have an aggressive grace. That's a Two words that are going to be lodged in my mind for a while. So thank you for that. And also um, the idea to overcome evil with good. I think we wake up and look around and see a lot of evil. Yeah. Doesn't take long before we see evil or hear about evil, or you turn the the, the radio on or the newspaper and you catch five minutes of news and it's pure evil, it seems. Yeah, that's right.
1: And that's the way it is. You know, if... If the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, as, as the Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 5, it, it, it is the way. It is, and, I, and it's tragic, and, and, and we don't take any of that lightly, but it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just want to wrap this time up with reminding people about aggressive grace that John wrote about in an article coming out in desiringgod.org next week. I call it aggressive grace for two reasons. First, we are not called to love one another as we deserve to be loved, but as Jesus loved us with shocking, remarkably gracious love. That's John 15:12. Second, it's aggressive because it is remarkably pursuing, persevering, selfishness slaying, overcoming love. Such aggressively gracious love is otherworldly, a taste of heaven on earth. And that wraps up our show for the day. John and Pam Bloom, thank you so much for spending time with me today on Deep Thinker Thursday. Thanks to you, I've got a title for our hour. (laughs) And that wraps up our time together. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me. I've loved our time together. I'm looking forward to tomorrow already. Have a great night, everyone. As you lay your head on the pillow, you just know that God's working out a great, great plan in your life, and he loves you. See you tomorrow.